0: Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you to help support the show visit patreon.com/ have a drink show. today's episode is a little odd because it's hard to nail down exactly what it is to make a drinking festival. Does it lessen the experience if the reason for it is to sell you something? Okay everything in a capitalist society is designed in some way to sell you something, but does the event have no soul if there is no history? So, we're going to talk about that, plus, mention some festivals around the world. So, get ready to party while we have a drink. <laughs> Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser.
1: And I'm Christopher Walker. Still keep promising Casey's gonna come back. (laughs) I promise
2: he's not dead.
1: He's he's single-handedly dealing with twins, so...
0: You can blame it all
2: on them.
1: (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Uh, Yeah, sorry uh, the our break that we teased might happen was a little longer than... Intended. Yes. Mm, yes. So I
2: think we only missed one week. Two wasn't weeks. We? Two weeks? I thought it was only one, because we had pre-done episodes for while we were gone.
1: It's yeah. been well, four weeks since we've recorded. Well, yeah, but... And we had two weeks of episodes recorded. No, Either so, way, okay, yeah, we missed so, two episodes.
0: Yeah, we missed last weekend and the weekend before that. So it's Which um... we
1: apologize, but let's, let's lay out what's happened
3: in <laughs> that <laughs> if you time. Can,
0: if you're watching live, you can look behind Chris and Brittany and Probably gather for yourself. Um, Well, I mean, the TLDR is uh, we moved. (laughs) Uh, Bob was up here to help with one of the moves. Um, Both. Both of the moves, actually, yeah, because you're amazing. Um, Eh. And then uh, all that while um, dealing with an infant and Chris being out of town.
1: But we meant to be doing an episode last weekend, and then things happened. The, the, the week the move-in uh, just spiraled out of control. And oh, yeah. Things kind of got worse and worse. And then uh, that Sunday morning we get up and the toilet ends up erupting septic water into the new apartment.
2: Two days into that apartment and two septic explosions. And, yeah. yeah. so To so backs- no
0: fault of the apartment, I have to say. I mean, the place handled it very well. It, somebody flushed something that broke the pipe. Mm. So it I, it's fully one of our neighbors' fault.
2: <laughs> okay,
1: yeah. who it
0: is, we don't know, but yeah,
2: they they, so, they gotta stop flushing
0: ping pong balls.
1: So um, yeah, we ended up uh, having to leave our apartment that we just moved into
0: and stay in a hotel,
1: and go stay in a hotel for a few days while they fixed it. And the apartment got it all fixed within like three days. They
0: were very That's, on it; like, good for them. Yeah.
1: Before the Sunday, before we could pack and get out of here. They had the like restoration people already here, cutting up the wall and ripping up the carpet. Like yeah. we're trying to pack, and he's in there like trying to with pry bar and a hammer, trying to peel up the floor.
0: Yeah. Um. But you know, since then we've we've kind of gotten into somewhat of a routine, and we've gotten some. Obviously, we've got the computers like our kind of stations out and we've got part of the living room together
1: not the part um, that's behind us though that's no, the funny no. part that's <laughs> all boxes
0: uh and we've got part of the kitchen like we've started on some things which is nice um unfortunately our son's room cuz it was half the reason we moved cuz two bedrooms um uh is not at all like <laughs> livable just yet it's just piled with
1: crap because he still lives in our room at the moment yeah but uh it it still has to be gushed over that the apartment that we moved in we'll we'll just call it a flat because that is what they they call it is
0: yeah that's actually
1: hey Jim and chat uh yeah our apartment is in an old uh schoolhouse Mm -hmm. that was converted it's the
2: biggest hallways I've ever seen in an apartment no
1: joke (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because they just came in and said, all right, well, we can cut these classrooms up into a few apartments. And they left the hallways and the stairwells and people said, man, what about the lockers? I wish there were lockers. <laughs> that would just that would be the piece de resistance.
2: So here's what I thought of the other day. I was telling somebody about your new place and how I thought, like, oh, it's really cool. They should have let, given you lockers and those should have been your mailboxes.
0: Ah, uh, oh. that's a missed opportunity there. You put whole packages in there, like, mm-hmm. come on, you're not wrong. Yeah, that's um, it was. I don't know. We're we're really happy with the place, and I'm just like, we've got to like it. it it's going to require some budgeting on our part. Um, but we're we we definitely are getting what we we're paying for though, because like it's um we're i'm so happy to have hardwood floors and that like i told him earlier it's it's all the little things i was like i told him um the shower is probably the best shower we've ever had in any apartment ever
1: no no again no. we've talked about this before my my very first apartment had the best shower anyone could ever have because you had to measure it in a gale
0: yeah that's true because okay. you could, the water pressure there was like bananas
1: we discussed pre-show you didn't have to worry about shaving, because this shower just sandblasted the hair <laughs> off of you.
2: That thing was a pressure washer disguised as a shower.
1: And I mean, the I, water was so I've hot you
2: couldn't stand it. A, I've never had to crash at a place and wake up in the morning and have to put on a cup to, to, to <sighs> take
1: a shower. I miss that shower.
0: Okay, that's fair. <laughs> and that was a really cheap apartment, too. Oh, it looked terrible. Um, it was like the only good thing about that place.
1: Because, I was, uh, because it was so old that it operated off an old boiler system. And that apartment was right next to the boiler room, so you had all the hot water, all the water pressure. It was just all there and glorious.
0: But aside from that, like this, I'm, I'm pretty happy with this place. The we are, um, it is a struggle a little bit to get used to the. So it we we finally have laundry in unit, but it's um, it's a combo unit like European style washer dryer combo one unit. And so one the
2: inefficient unit in an inefficient place.
0: <laughs> it's in the kitchen, yes. Um, but it, it's you, you can't pull. It, you, you have to get used to like doing kind of half loads because it can't fit a lot. Because not only is a combo, but it's a front loader, so it's it's just tricky to get used to. I think you just need a loading stick.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, treat it like it's a cannon from like you know. Right. Then it can't tumble century,
0: dry. You're just like.
1: It can't tumble dry if you do that.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's nice to have laundry. That's what matters. Um, yeah, we're pretty happy. We just, we're, like, maybe, not. Any, I don't know. I don't even know. I guess you could say a quarter of the way into unpacking. But, like, God, there's still so much to unpack. I still don't know where so many things are.
2: Uh, It deepens that
1: when they had to come in and do the refinishing of things, they had to move everything around while they replaced floors Mm -hmm. and all this. So not only is everything packed up and we didn't know where it was, we got to bring everything in and kind of loosely get an idea for where it was. Now no. we have no no effing clue where anything is. Yeah,
0: it has since been moved and we're just like, uh, we had to buy a new shower curtain liner and shower curtain rings because we have no idea where ours are. <laughs>
1: had to buy another set of shower, bought yeah. the first set of shower curtain rings, we were like, oh crap, we threw our old ones away, we need a new set. And then the flood happened and we had to leave. And then we came back and couldn't find the shower curtain rings, so I had to buy another another set of shower curtain rings. We've still not found the other set that we bought, yeah. so I don't know if one of the guys came in working just decided if he needed them or what.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: uh... maybe
2: they broke them taking them down. They just went, look, this whole thing's trashed. <laughs> maybe,
0: uh... but yeah, we're uh, we're getting there. So we do apologize for the last two weeks, but um, we've all had a lot going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Bob, what yeah. have you been up to though?
1: other than driving up here.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: it seems like my last uh, last couple of weeks has just been a lot of driving up there to help you guys out and in and playing involved games of Tetris. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm glad we left enough space in the storage unit when we loaded everything out. So we didn't make full lines or that whole place would have disappeared.
1: I know. Had to leave had to leave that whole front area open in the top
2: uh no it's been uh been semi-quiet on
0: on the bob front uh but you're moving too i am
2: Uh, that's gonna be a slow process though uh
0: yeah it's not like tomorrow we technically
2: move in in a couple of weeks but realistically it's going to be longer than that hmm uh but but yeah, because
0: you at least get, like, the, the leeway of, like, uh, or, like the gradual lease is not, kind of deal. My
2: lease is, current lease is not up yet, and we arranged a deal. If we moved in, you know, this soon, we can get that first month for free.
0: That's awesome. Nice. Yeah.
2: So we can slowly get everything in there, get situated. It will be a nicer place and a nicer part of town. I am going to have to give up my three-minute commute to work. <laughs> you poor
0: thing.
1: I don't know what we'll do when we don't have to pause on these, when we get to, like, the real dead of summer, and we don't have to hear the scooter coming down the road, and we have to pause and wait for him to pass.
2: Or the random ambulance. I'm sure we'll find some new, new sounds. It'll probably
1: be on our end, honestly.
2: There is is an advantage to my new place. There will be a liquor barn that is shockingly close. Hmm. That's dangerous. Well, on, that, I think it's along a walking path, so I so can walk down there, get drunk, is... and then walk back. I was going
0: to say, it, it, I promise this is unintentional, but it's funny. Like You are moving closer to a liquor barn, and we've moved closer to Party Source. We have
1: Party Source, <laughs> and because of that, we also have two breweries within walking distance and a distillery. Because mm-hmm. got, we've got New Riff, which is adjoined to Party Source. We've got uh, Braxton Labs, which is in Party Source, and we've also got Darkness, which is in Bellevue, which we'd have to walk mm-hmm. past to get to. Park and Park. there's like
0: two or three like tavern bar thingies too. We've got a so, lot of stuff near us now. I
1: I too will finally
2: have washer dryer in unit, and so oh. that's going to be, be pretty all nice. The money. Nice. So I don't have to. I don't. What will I do with these quarters?
0: Do you no joke though, like Beat we still have we have a bag of quarters from like from before and we're just like uh <laughs>
2: you, what do we go do here? <laughs> you go to
1: the arcade. You go to sixteen bit and they say if you go to a regular arcade it's like five bucks to play one game of anything now. Well let's yeah, go to sixteen um, really
0: bit and play all the skee ball. Or no it's pinball, they don't even have skee ball.
1: But speaking of saving money, how are we doing on the movie draft? You left. When, when last we we, left, were kings. we were champions. Yeah. We were kings of the draft. What what could possibly have changed since then?
3: Welcome to your Movie Draft Minute presented by DiamondClub.tv for the week of May 13th, 2019. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay, brought to you by Atheism, a non-profit organization. Let's go to the scoreboard! Team Ritual Misery is in last place with the Dogs Journey bringing them $2.5 million. Team Drunkage Gaming is in fifth place with $21.9 million. Team Devon Squad is in fourth place with $34.9 million. Team Game Nights in third place with $134.6 million. Team Have a Drink is in second place with $701.6 million. And in first place with $22.7 million oh. from John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, it's Team Movie Party. That's your Stream Team Movie Draft Minute. Thanks to Stephen Cogswell for tonight's music. All told is a record as of May 18th, 2019.
1: So Endgame happened. In game happened. Also,
2: game. big voice Jay and Stephen Cogswell in one recording. Yeah, I don't know what more I could ask for in my life. That's insane. It's the best.
1: And we uh, we just completely screwed screwed ourselves because last time we said we took Infinity War and we said it's going to be huge, and then we ended up losing the draft.
2: We, I would have traded, and we probably could have bought it if we had traded Shazam and. Either Pet Cemetery or
1: maybe even Detective Pikachu, because everyone wanted to avoid it. And even in our pre pre game discussions, we said no, we don't want it because we went down that we path. We're going to before. rack up the
2: price, but we don't want it. It's made more money than we've made total. Yeah. That one movie.
1: Yeah, and Shazam underperformed for us because we we bet with what we thought was going to be a good movie. It is a good movie. Doesn't mean it's a performer. Yeah,
2: (laughs) it performed fine. It didn't. It didn't live up quite to expectations, but it performed okay.
1: And Detective Uh, Pikachu is doing better than anyone predicted it would do, even. But it's not going to be enough to bring because Detective Pikachu is it for us. So we will coast out in the second place, and that's going to be where we're at. And I'm fine with that.
2: Well, we might might end up at third place. We've still got a lot of movies to go, and uh, Ritual Misery's got Aladdin coming up. That might finally take the steam out of in-game sales.
0: I'm wondering about Aladdin, yeah, how that's going to do.
2: Uh, so, we'll, we'll see. There's, there's, We have a commanding lead for second, but... Uh, I, feel like I did go watch Detective Pikachu. You
1: all should, too. <laughs> I'm dying to see it, actually. I'm dying to see anything. Uh, We
0: haven't seen anything in quite some time.
1: I'm an episode behind on Game of
2: Thrones. (laughs) Did you finally watch Into the Spider-Verse? Nope. Nope.
1: I didn't think so. Watch the movies with Mikey on it. Or I guess Film Joy, whatever he's calling it now.
2: Whatever the kids call it these days. Yeah, whatever the kids call it.
0: I I think we're probably going to get to watch that before we watch anything else, just because... We already own it. Yeah, it's there, and it's shorter than, you know... Other things.
1: I,
2: yeah.
1: I'm going to say it's I a have small seen miracle. Game
2: and one day I'll be able to talk with you guys about <laughs> it.
1: I say it's a small miracle. Neither of us has been spoiled with anything in Endgame. I know 100% nothing aside from the, the only thing I know that could be considered a spoiler, I guess, is Captain America has an amazing ass. But I, I've known this. You've, I've seen, seen,
0: you've seen Chris Evans. I, mean,
2: I
1: have. It's It's a dreamy behind.
0: So the only. It's
1: thick. With at least three C's,
0: so I think wow. that even though mm. we're obviously going to be getting the Disney sur- streaming service in November, we'll probably end up buying Endgame before you know once it comes out digitally. Although we also still haven't seen Captain Marvel, so like we're just we're just all kinds of screwed
1: again, baby. Yeah, yeah. Soon as soon as we can get him to sit through a movie, it's gonna be gonna be great. We'll get caught up.
0: Sick baby, mind
1: you. He's had a cold and an ear infection for like two and a half, three weeks.
0: No, not, about two weeks, and he. But he has had a cold, so he gave me a cold, and here we are. <laughs>
1: but now he's just to the point where all the fluids are pouring out of his head just, just yeah. everything spraying out of everywhere.
2: Very Viking in the chat, by the way, was saying uh, he didn't. He didn't know how me and him didn't ruin it talking about Endgame quietly, basically in the corner away from you guys and I was like, whispers we just whispered everything that we were excited about like, bah, bah,
1: bah. That, that, that's great that, I'll just never get to see it, I don't know it'll be when it's on the Disney streaming service and if I can yeah. go unspoilt until then it'll be a small miracle seriously because Game of Thrones didn't really go, that, go Google just like popped in on the newsfeed and was like, "See what happened?" it is like it lays. I'm not going to spoil it for someone who's not seen it yet. Listening to this, but it just like throws yep. out a big spoiler, and I'm like, "Great, thanks." I hadn't got Game, to watch Game that of up Thrones.
2: To... Game of Thrones, where it's a weekly series, people feel the need to talk about it right away. You oh, know, yeah, for their their water cooler talk. For Avengers Endgame, it being a movie makes everyone feel like, oh, we we have to keep this experience pure. So, yeah. Yeah. People usually don't
1: do that with movies, though.
2: They don't anymore. I try to. It's a, it's a movie that's good that requires like you need to.
1: I think it's experience helped. this fresh. Yeah, it's helped that I was out of town working like seventy hour weeks and like I had no spare time and I've barely even looked at Reddit or anything, so I've not had time to be spoiled.
0: <laughs> I think lately most movies, like the, the the big you know the big ones, it's. I don't know it's like it's a, it's expected that you're like oh no don't don't say anything don't spoil the you know it's like a thing.
2: I'll say this the the trailers for Endgame that I recall do not uh do not do a whole lot of uh, action in the third act. So there's a whole lot that you actually don't know going into that movie.
0: Well that's good. I mean cuz like yeah you can't I I was hoping they wouldn't do the whole like oh this is basically the movie in the trailer form. It's a problem lately. But, you know, it's not a problem.
2: Mm. Untapped
1: batches.
3: Get r- riggity riggedy, wrecked, son!
1: Not a dogfish. But, but, what are we? Sam Fish Head? I don't What do Oops. we call it now?
2: Boston Fish
1: Head. Boston Fish Head. Gotcha. Or Boston can it, Dogs. Can, can we just turn the, the official logo for both breweries into Samuel Adams as a merman?
2: How about Samuel Adams holding up a bucket of fish heads?
1: Yeah, <laughs> with a puppy. I'm I'm going with Merman. Like he he's still in the same pose. It's just from the waist down.
2: What if he's dressed like Merman from SpongeBob SquarePants? I don't
1: know what that. Is. Okay, I'll go with that. i All right.
2: Think uh, think Aquaman like old school orange vest Aquaman, but with a uh, uh, a star sh- uh, a star uh starfish. Yeah, starfish. Uh nipples yeah. holding up his his saggy man boobs
0: <laughs> okay
2: anyway dogfish head has a badge uh their get after it badge series uh as the weather warm weather rolls in dogfish head is ra- is raising a can to toast the upcoming uh season's sweat sational activities with their brand new off-centered activity box Uh, A summer-centric variety, uh, 12-pack cans, uh, perfect for beer drinkers with active lifestyles and uh, and conscience—conscience? Consumption mindsets? Whatever. Uh, The Off-Centered Activity Box includes a selection of their four most uh, sessionable sippers, Sequence Ale, uh, Namaste White, and two new offerings, Super 8 and Slidy Mighty. The Off-Centered Activity Box also doubles as a functional cooler. Just pop it open and add ice. Make sure you're outdoors. It will leak.
1: I was going to say lies. We tried this last year.
2: It will work. It's just going to leak.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, To celebrate the release of Off-Centered Activity Box, there will be a new badge to unlock each month starting in May. Each month, check into one Sequin Jail Slightly Mighty, Namaste White, or Super 8 to unlock one of the monthly badges uh, and a special activity box badge, so may fifteenth through June fifteenth lace up June sixteenth through july uh fifteenth grab your gear July sixteenth through August fifteenth get active, and August sixteenth through september fifteenth reward
0: man big time Damn. frame on that one
1: <clears throat> big time Did you to be drinking a lot of dogfish in that in that little uh meantime
0: oh no. <sighs>
2: I don't know. I might be drinking a lot of the next badge, Indeed. I can buy, uh, I can buy huge cases of it.
0: Yes. Pallets. Yes, yeah, so we have uh, Founders in the next one, which uh, only recently would you expect to hear a lot more about in like, summertime because, I don't know, I, I always equated Founders with KBS, and I'm like, I don't want to drink that in the summer necessarily.
1: You don't really want to drink something barrel-aged <laughs> when it's, you know, almost 100 degrees.
0: Yeah. Um, Shut your
1: Milk stouts, that's what we want
0: Yeah, so uh, We want
1: milk stouts When do we want them? Anytime!
0: (laughs) Well, this is for Founders Solid Gold So, uh, says American (laughs) American lagers have been around a long time and Founders saw producing this style year round as the ultimate challenge for their brewery Uh, It's a drinkable premium lager, perfect for all occasions Solid Gold is great for unwinding after a hard day's work or lounging on the back deck no matter the activity, Solid Gold has you covered. So you can check into one Founders Solid Gold between May 1st and June 1st, so only a couple weeks left on that one, to unlock It's a Solid Gold Spring badge from Founders.
2: I would have... All I can think of when I hear Solid Gold, by the way, is like, Just let your soul glow! (laughs) Just go to Coming to America. But it's yeah, it's it's an American lager. You know, yeah, it's, it's it's good. It's, it's good lawnmower beer. Yeah. Like it, it it doesn't have the flash of all their other stuff, but
0: it's you know, in summertime it's
2: Before, summertime, before, it's before the end driver. of the year,
1: they're going to have a barrel aged lager. I <laughs> promise you it's coming oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. Um but this no, it's just it's a good it's a good beer for summer. And it's just a beer <laughs> yeah, ass beer.
2: Yeah, a good beer ass beer. Got those. When you got those summertime blues.
1: All right. Well, this is where we'd usually uh, come in with news. But guess what? We cut the news out of this this show because there is a whole other news episode that we do on a weekly basis now. And if you want to go check that one out, we're talking about the uh, Sam Adams and Dogfish Head uh, acquisition merger buyout. uh, Merge out. Merge out? I, I'm calling it a buyout because when you read through the facts, it's pretty clear that Boston Beer bought <laughs> dogfish. That, that's what Don't happened. call
2: it a buyout. Yeah. Merging from the underground.
1: Also, uh, we talk about the new Yingling Craft Beer Hotel. It's a thing that's coming in Florida.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure sign to waste your money.
1: <laughs> Yours and theirs. Alright, uh, so you can go check that out. And I believe we're going to scoot on into our topic.
3: Been on drunk. Been on drunk. Been on drunk. Been on that drunk.
2: All right, guys. This is going to be a slyly weird episode. Just putting cards on the table for that one right now. We are talking about festivals.
1: But what uh, are festivals? Primarily,
2: primarily drinking festivals festivals and when i when i wrote this down i never felt more like a eighth grade report but festivals are events where communities get together to celebrate something typically there's much food and drink maybe a bouncy house maybe a funnel cake but a good time can be had there regardless of what they're celebrating unless unless they're celebrating something truly problematic were there, were there funnel cakes at, at Third Reich rallies? I like to think not.
0: Otherwise, there's always a funnel cake. It's actually part of... It's like a law. No one makes it. It just shows up.
2: So, uh, what's the reason for all this celebrating?
0: Well, that will
2: obviously vary from event to event. But let's try to get some of the some of the broad reasons why, uh, why we have these things. Uh, we're going to try to f- set up some broad categories. Try to put a little bit of context in some of the festivals we're going to be talking about here in a minute. Now, these aren't official categories. We did not come down from high with three tablets that said, these are the rules for festivals.
1: But, just from what we're looking at... I mean, someone needs to. Just,
2: we'll get to that. Uh, broadly speaking, these, these just seem to us, specifically to me because I did a lot of the writing on this one, how these break down. So, first of all... Uh, you have events that have typically maybe a historical root or there's some sort of civic event that's happening that that are going around. Think Oktoberfest. The original Oktoberfest was celebrate a Noble Wedding, but they had such a good rager that they decided to turn up the next year and keep this coming year after year. At any rate, any festival you go to with the primary reason it's happening is because it's always happened, that's usually kind of going to fit in with this one. Now, there are festivals that surround competitions. Uh, Great American Beer Fest, obvious one there. Uh, but some of these competitions are from around the world, and they have a lot of, they have whole festivals attached to them. Uh, here, alcohol producers send drinks to be judged to determine, you know, whose product is the best for prestige and for the extra sales that prestige can bring, because money is the reason you do things in a capitalistic society. Uh,
1: Hashtag truth.
2: <laughs> uh, now, because it's boring to just serve the judges, people do also come out to the festivals and they try all kinds of different drinks as well, and maybe they can find some new favorites. Events like this are where I found El Coco and will never find it again.
1: It's gone. It's gone forever.
2: It's, gone. it's dead, Jim. They nitroed it and it's dead. All right. Now, finally for our purposes, we have the release party. Basically the brewery throws a big party to mark the release of the new, if it's top of the line product or it's new hotness that's coming out. Think dark Lord day. Uh, think, uh, what's another big one that usually has an event with it.
1: Uh,
2: Hunipus. Yeah. Uh, this is obviously a bit more blatantly commercial. Uh, it's usually done by the brewery, uh, but it's usually a beer that deserves a special day. Sometimes, or at least a special release, kind of makes you feel good about you know what you stood in line for. Dark Charge Day. It's not really a festival, but there are food trucks and there are lines, and you kind of make it into an event. So I
1: don't, I don't know. They they would argue with you as to whether or not it's a festival.
2: I'm sure they would by now. I don't. I haven't seen it in the. I haven't seen it since the first one maybe the second one. Uh now, sometimes the waters in these categories get a little bit muddled. Uh some breweries will host their own competitions. Uh and generally these broad car- categories that we're just using these to separate kind of how you look at some of these. Uh now, some is there something more noble about like Oktoberfest compared to Dark, Char- Dark Charge Day? Yes. Okay, Not necessarily, but you might feel better about celebrating uh, a long-standing tradition more than a way to get a brewery to get you to buy stuff. Keep in mind, though, long-standing traditions have to start somewhere. So who's to say that these breweries aren't going to make this celebration part of the cultural fabric of their community? Because most of them will be shut down in 20 to 30 years. I don't know. But, you know... You wow, can't predict these things.
1: That's pretty optimistic given the current uh, current climate.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, I always try to shoot overshoot in terms of guessing when things will go down. So, let's get into some actual festivals, uh, since we have ways to kind of talk about broadly what they are. We can we can try to see how the, some of these, at least as these brief descriptions of them, kind of go. Uh, now, there are festivals all over the world, and we want to kind of highlight some weirder ones that we found during some of our research. We're going to start with non-American ones. Uh, also, we aren't going to be going too very deep. It's kind of a shotgun approach to all this. Just, you know, ch-ch-poof. all right, we've got some topics. Hit it is shallow and hard. Look, it would, this episode would be like 12 hours long. <laughs> Had we done every single festival that I could find, <laughs> so it's probably going to be a long one already. So let's try to get into this. Let's start in the east with Asia. Oh God, I'm going to have to say these words. Yeah, uh, the King Dao International Beer Festival. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, it's spelled Q I N G D A. Uh, D-A-O. So, I apologize if I got that wrong. First held in 1991, the far-off year of... God, that actually was longer than I did. Anyway, uh, to celebrate the town's 100th anniversary, festivals uh, uh, featuring artistic parades, beer carnival games, beer tastings, drinking contests, music, food, interactive performances, various brewery beer tents... Uh, trade exhibitions, gala performances, carnival, amusement park games and rides, and even bikini model contests all showed up for these. Every year, the festival starts uh, on the second weekend of August. and it usually lasts for about 16 days. Mm. 16-day festival. I'm on board. Man, that makes everything we do in America seem crappy. It sounds, it sounds exhausting. Jingdao. That, that would probably also be accurate. Sp- pronouncing a Q in Chinese can be problematic. Uh, I honestly have no idea. Uh, next, we have a Korean festival. Uh, Daegu Chiamak Festival. Also guessing at that, I'm going to apologize if I got it wrong. Uh, the festival name is based on a compound word for chicken and beer in Korean. And it reflects Korean enthusiasm for pairing fried chicken with beer.
1: So... so. I have
2: never been more down before I finished (laughs) anything else than this. I went fried chicken and beer. right, Yes. Let's do it. Uh, Daegu uh, started as a festival in 2013 uh, with a crowd of 270,000.
1: Oh, well, not that many then, yeah. Just oh yeah, yeah.
2: The number of attendees steadily grew the following years and topped one million in 2016 and 17. Uh, the festival is open to all visitors, uh, but beer, which takes up half to fe- half the festival, is strictly limited to those who are of legal age.
1: So, uh, a fried chicken and beer festival. I am completely down for this.
0: Mm-hmm. We're going to Korea, guys. Why? Is- how are how do we not have like four of these already? You know that's the weirdest thing because we thing.
1: have Getafest.
0: Well, I mean, we as, like America
1: because it's every day because America has Get-A-Fest. <laughs> because no beer and fried chicken festivals every day. Like that's just oh, you can stop at a gas station and get fried chicken. And you can stop at Lee's or KFC or Raising Canes or Zaxby's or wherever. I mean, just fried chicken raining from the sky.
2: Hmm. I went to Zaxby's today and I've got beer today. I like to think I'm celebrating right now.
1: <laughs> I'm jealous.
2: Zaxby's is closer, I would have gone to Kings. Uh Africa. Let's move on to Africa. I would think I wouldn't find a lot in Africa in terms of beer. And that's cultural bias and I you just think I, wine
1: like when that's
2: I really do, but that's also just South Africa. Yeah. Hmm. There wasn't a lot I could find for the rest of Africa. I would have loved to have found some drinking festival in, like, the Congo or
1: Ghana. Uh, No, Ghana? What kind of drinking festival are you going to find in the Congo? I don't know, but I wanted to find it. Refugees Uh or something? Drinking in the middle of the jungle?
2: Look, Chris, I want everything to be okay there. Not how
1: a lot of Africa actually is. Uh, anyway, so the child armies. It's been so long since since that was like a big thing in the news. Wouldn't they just be armies at this point? <laughs> like the children have grown up. <laughs> like it's just an <laughs> there've army. There've been more. There've
2: been more children.
1: I'm sure there's still child armies.
2: <laughs> well, anyway, let's let's look at South Africa uh, because they have the Cape Town Festival of Beer. Uh, it is a festival. Uh, is a celebration of brewing heritage and craft, both locally and from around the world, featuring 200 beers. This is the premier celebration of all things beer. This festival is South Africa's largest annual gathering of beer enthusiasts, connoisseurs, and those just wanting to learn more about beer. The weekend promises great entertainment, including a variety of bre- uh, uh, brewers, food stalls, live music, live rugby, and increasingly popular kiddies area. And has been the highlight of the Cape Town social calendar. Uh, this I pulled from uh, a, a travel event blog thing, but still didn't realize they had a they had a beer festival. They also had like a beer competition festival, but I didn't want to get into that one. Hmm. We're gonna get into a lot more of those as we go through. However, we do have one from ancient Egypt. <laughs> Thought I couldn't sneak some history into this, didn't you? <laughs>
0: I'm not surprised, really.
2: The Festival of Drunkenness.
1: Sure, sure. I mean, didn't the Finnish have have a word for this that was just underwear drunk?
2: <laughs> well, the Teke Festival... Sure, whatever. Tech Festival uh, was known uh, as the Festival of Drunkenness and was first observed in the Middle Kingdom of Egypt uh, from 2040... BCE to uh, uh, 1782 uh, BCE. Uh, but it may have earlier origins. It was popular among the New Kingdom where the story of Sekhmet's rampage and transformation have been found carved into the tombs of Seti I, Ramses II, and others. At this festival, which was dedicated to Hathor, participants would drink to excess, fall asleep in a certain hall, and wakes suddenly to the sound of beating drums.
1: I think that was just the whoever the host was being like, get nah, the,
3: get out.
1: Y'all gots to go. <laughs> like everyone partied out, and then he look- was like, Go get the drummers. We gotta get their asses out of here. At least three of you have choked on your own vomit. Get out. <laughs>
2: uh, that finding that just made me go. Yep, this is, this is man, this is what we have done as a species from the beginning of time.
1: All right, so what let's you move get, on. So, what you get for worshiping cats? All right, uh, we're gonna move on to Australia, where Foster's isn't Australian for anything. Uh, Darwin, that's right. Darwin Beer Can Regatta. I, I this... want to enter right now.
2: This is one of my favorite
1: things
0: I found. It's like you already had me.
1: <laughs> In the town of Darwin, a ski club wanted to make an event for the town. After workshopping some ideas, they suggested making a boat out of beer cans. And then someone suggested putting a motor on it and racing them. <laughs> They've been that is the most uh, I don't know. We gotta I get we gotta get a big like international brewery to sponsor this thing. Because, you know, you've got the Red Bull Regattas and all that stuff. we got to get yeah. someone in on this. They could give them the cans. They've been doing this since 1973. Eventually, uh, they moved away a bit from beer cans for a couple of reasons. One to make it more family-friendly. And the second was that the beer cans were made of aluminum now. Or Yeah, the cans are made of aluminum now and could crush at the high speeds of over 28 knots. 32.2 They're- miles per hour. You wow. would
2: not think a boat made of beer cans, or <laughs> cans of any way, would get over thirty-two miles per hour. I mean, good job. But yeah,
1: yeah. If this baby hits thirty-two miles per hour. We're, gonna we're going to be we down. We're going to be <laughs> genuinely surprised.
2: <laughs> I can, so, like, this has like that that TV idea of the box car racing. Or like a you know, little model car racing. I don't know if anybody else did that as a kid.
1: Oh yeah, a soapbox uh, derby.
2: But we didn't do a soapbox derby, but we would make like a little model car and have to race it. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Uh, very small, like hand-sized. Yeah. Um, but imagine doing that with your dad or mom. But instead, you're using cans, and you're just like, alright, let's take this baby out in the water. See what she <laughs> can do. <laughs> You turn it into a hydrofoil. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's too good. And that requires some engineering, like literal (laughs) engineering degrees to pull that Mm -hmm. off. All right. So, Australia is home to more than just one. Uh, The great Australian beer spectapuler.
0: Australasian.
1: Australasian. uh, Or GABS. G A B S. Created in 2011 by Steve Jaffers. And Guy Greenstone, the event was originally known as the Great Australian Beer Spectacular and was designed as a celebration of craft beer diversity and creativity. The inaugural event was such a success that Jaffers and Greenstone jumped on the opportunity to create a unique educational and fun festival experience that excited both converted craft beer fans and the uninitiated. While renowned American magazine, the beer connoisseur, lists Gab's as one of the top 20 beer festivals in the world in 2015, Gab's is now, in truth, so much more than a beer festival. It showcases the best Australian and New Zealand craft breweries and cider producers and features hundreds of beers and ciders, including up to 180 festival beers and ciders made just for the event. Outstanding local food vendors, interactive exhibitor stalls, food and drink education, along with fun entertainment and activities. Each December, Gabs also runs the influential Hottest 100 Craft Beers of the Year poll, which sees thousands of beer fans from all over Australia and New Zealand vote for their favorite beers of the year. The results are counted down and celebrated across both countries in January and February. They hold the event in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Auckland individually throughout the summer. So, wow, there's a whole bunch of these.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're all part of the same thing. But during the summer, each city gets its own, like, event. Sounds awesome.
1: Keep in mind that Southern also, Hemisphere how... summers summers what we would traditionally look at as winter. Because, yeah. Right. Uh, however,
2: poles. can you just imagine, like... Uh, do, do the Australians have the same problem with Fosters that we have with AB and Bev? Probably. I
0: have to imagine, because, I mean, Dude, I, I've heard that if you ask any of them. And someone, someone walks in and goes,
2: Oh, it's Fosters
1: Australian for beer. You get out right <laughs> now.
0: I've heard a lot of them, like, actually hate it.
1: I think the only place you can get away with that, like, being stereotypical is Ireland. Or it's like no, legit, like ninety no. percent of the population drinks Guinness. Yeah, that's true. It's, like, it's straight up a thing.
3: <laughs>
1: it's
2: not wrong.
3: Uh,
2: all right. Well, it's just Guinness and are, whiskey.
1: That's it. It's all the drink. What? What else? What else do you need? Stouts and whiskey. The loggers are just for the newborn babies. They just slap a nipple on it. <laughs>
2: you got to cut their teeth somehow. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: exactly. So, all right, uh, that's going to do us for Australia. Let's move on to South America. Oktoberfest of Blumenau.
0: Blumenau. There's no way I'm saying that right.
1: Blumenau. Blumenau. It's got to be French. Blumenau. The second uh, no, largest... it's German. Oh well, then you've screwed me up completely in, there.
0: In the in the place where they speak Portuguese.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is. <laughs> well, let's let's read. My a bit. brain just exploded. Well, I think it's
2: probably closer to German. Yeah,
1: the second largest Oktoberfest in the world is in a small city in Brazil. Okay, I got gotcha. you. It's coming together. Uh, founded by German immigrants, even more. Uh, <laughs> decided to try and raise the profile of the city with an Oktoberfest celebration. And apparently it has done so. It has five hundred to 700,000 people show up every year in October. That's right, they actually celebrate it in October, unlike everywhere else in the world still where uh, where else can you Samba to some tuba music no that's
0: that would be such a mind mess up. just
1: want to see someone just sitting there going, do 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 to the um papa just doo, doo, doo. Uh, I I want to see this I I want to do go. this
0: so badly now that's a lot of people also so it is yeah.
1: I guess to point out this uh, October celebration has uh, beat out um of the overall list, I think uh Cincinnati. Which used to be number two
2: largest one in the Americas. However, as I was doing research, the Munich Oktoberfest officially recognizes Oktoberfest Cincinnati as the biggest one outside of of the Munich one. But actual numbers suggest this one. So,
1: (laughs) so uh, yeah, most of the the Nazis
2: went to Argentina. By the way.
1: Furry Viking in the chat says proof of where the Nazis ran to. Mm.
3: Mm.
1: All right, so uh, let's continue. Let's move into North America. Keep it in the Americas, but not the U.S. Let's get still keep it a little far from home. Festival de Rum in Haiti. Mm. Uh, festival de Rum Haiti is an international festival promoting rum and related alcoholic beverages, organized by. J J'or- oranges. I don't know. Jerome's I don't know. Call, yes. Sure. Probably you're you're the closest without going over. <laughs> Collaborated <laughs> and held in the El Ranch <laughs> held in the El Rancho Hotel in Oh my god, all the French. Gitonville. Sure, sure, in Haiti. <laughs> the Haitian Rum Festival is a celebration of alcoholic beverages from across the coast. Started in 2014, the event features tastings, workshops, and cooking demonstrations by renowned rum experts. That
0: could be interesting.
1: I would expect that festival to get a lot bigger with rum being on the rise.
2: Yeah, maybe it's 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 working its way up now. And
3: mm,
2: I want some rum.
0: Hey, I know nothing about Haiti really. Like I know it's tragic. I know
1: it's, I know it's, I know it's yeah. been rebuilt.
0: <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but
2: culturally, oh, I, I wasn't mean... thinking about the recent uh, problems. I was just thinking about in general. Mm. Haiti's history is tragic.
1: Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's go from all the South American. Let's go a little North American and, and get away from the U.S. Still, the Toronto Festival of Beer, the TFOB.
0: <laughs>
1: Toronto's Festival of Beer was founded in 1996 by Greg Cosway and Scott Rundu. Their love of, love for beer started at Carleton University, where they started the Gourmet Beer Club of Canada. Sure. The, the most Canadian name for, for a beer club ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was I, the... I,
2: it, it would be more Canadian if it said please and thank you in it.
1: Or sorry. Sorry. Uh, which was the first of its kind in Canada. The festival came from those roots and grown to become an annual celebration of the Golden Beverage. In early 2008, Greg Causeway joined forces with Le Murray a beer industry veteran, and together they have grown the festival over the last 10 years into the largest three-day beer festival in Canada. In 2017, Greg decided to step down from the festival to pursue other business interests. 2018 marked the 22nd anniversary of Toronto's Festival of Beer, and the festival was previously held at... Fort York in Toronto, but in 2009, due to its growing popularity and expansion, the festival moved to Banshell Park in Toronto's Exhibition Place. It has grown from just a small beer festival to now include a variety of internationally recognized musical acts, brand experience areas, and also gourmet barbecue demonstrations. guess if you pull up
2: one. the website for this place. It does not look like any
1: beer fest I would, I would ever have seen. Is it a lot tamer and families in the park kind of thing? No. Oh,
2: no? No. The Is musical it... acts are like front and center, and they're like, Here, coming this week to whatever. You'll see. I don't know. What are the kids listening to now? After Malone.
0: We are not uh, the, the people to answer that question.
1: No, I've gotta, have gotta look.
0: I'm, I, no, I have to go look this up as well.
1: Every everyone to the Google. I
0: think it was this one. It's either this one or the Edmonton. Well, it's one, in July, first of July all,
1: July twenty sixth.
0: God, well, I does Toronto get stupid hot? Like I like July seems like a bad time to have any kind of festival. It's Public Canada.
1: Enemy is gonna be there uh, the Friday. Yeah, yeah. Public Enemy's the headliner. Oh
0: no, shit! DJ Jazzy Jeff. Mm-hmm.
1: Sweet. Yeah, that's why I'm like. Uh, Ghostface Killer. Like again,
2: this was not what I was expecting. Yeah. For
1: Friday's '90s hip hop. Uh, Saturday, Dwayne Gretzky. <laughs> Don't Sun- know who that it's is. The band. Props on that name. Got to be popular in Canada. Uh, and Sunday, Ja Rule. And Ashanti. It's like
0: the it's like the early 2000s again.
1: The. Mm-hmm. Uh, this no. Is strange. No, thank you. No no thank you. Um it is really strange. I'm good Canada. I'm good Canada. No thank you. <laughs> All right, uh Europe. Let's let's jump back across the pond here. We've got Beer Day. This is, uh, in Icelandic. I'm I'm not going to try and say it. Björðagin. Björðagin. In a 1908 referendum, Icelanders voted in favor of a ban on all al- alcoholic drinks, going to affect January 1st, 1915. In 1921, the ban was partially lifted after Spain refused to buy Iceland's main export, fish, unless Iceland bought Spain uh, unless they bought Spanish wines. How do you have to be forced to buy Spanish wines? It's not like they're terrible. Well,
2: they were. They had a ban. They were in prohibition. <laughs>
1: but yeah, you would think the Spanish could sell the wine elsewhere. But
3: I no, they were like, really about, we will fish. Not,
2: but you will still buy our fish. You're buying our wine over not buying your dumb fish.
1: <laughs> Fine. Then lifted further after national referendum in 1935 came out in favor of legalizing spirits. Strong beer with an alcohol content of (laughs) 2.25% or more. Cute. That's that's what they considered strong beer.
2: Anything over. Yeah. Utah levels.
1: Yeah, that that is damn close to the Utah Utah Mm. law. However, it was not included in the 1935 vote in order to please the temperance lobby, which argued that because beer is cheaper than spirits, it would lead to more depravity.
2: Yeah, but you can get drunk a lot faster and a lot cheaper off spirits than you can beer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As international travel brought Icelanders back in touch with beer, bills to legalize it were regularly moved in Parliament, but inevitably were shot down on technical grounds. Prohibition lost more support in 1985 when the Minister of Justice, himself a teetotaler, prohibits pubs from adding legal spirits to legal non-alcoholic beverages, uh, called Pilsner by Icelanders to make a potent... What did they
2: think a Pilsner was? Here's <laughs> an O'Douls. All right, now pour me some whiskey into this. Yeah, that's uh, I mean... kind
1: of confusing. To make a potent imitation of strong beer. Soon after beer approached legalization in parliament, a full turnout of the upper house of Iceland's parliament voted 13 to 8 to permit the sales, <laughs> ending prohibition in the country. Iceland didn't end prohibition... Until 1985.
0: Yep,
2: that's that. Didn't
1: fully end prohibition until 1985, the year I was born. Oh, i I brought, I brought the end of prohibition. It really, it was, it was the coming of Christ for them. A baby, a babe, a babe was born in another land, and lo, the alcohol flowed. You're going into Iceland now going, you're
2: welcome, you're welcome.
1: God. Following the end of Prohibition, Icelanders have celebrated every beer day by imbibing the drink in various bars, restaurants, and clubs. Those located in Reykjavik, uh, the capital and largest city in Iceland, and capital of depression are especially <laughs> wild on beer day. <laughs> Pub crawl is a popular way of getting to know the various bars and beers in this city, many being open until 4 a.m. the next day. So they don't even close early like most places. we Close at like nah,
0: we're just
2: doing this. midnight
1: or 1 a.m. They're like, nah, 4 a.m., dog. You got to be up.
2: <laughs> it's like, I have to go to bed. I'm working. I open in the morning. Don't care. You got two hours of sleep. Take a... <laughs>
1: No, it's get a wet,
2: get a damp washcloth, clean up, and get back to work.
1: That's not that's not just like the posted closing time. That's the mandatory close. You have to be there until then. That's just how it works in Iceland. I didn't make the rules.
3: <laughs> Google it. You can't.
1: You, if you're going out drinking, you just have to be out till four a.m. drinking. The I mean, legal is...
0: so,
2: so says they're so says they're drinking Jesus.
1: Yes. <laughs> It's the same principle as if you get caught smoking as a kid, you have to smoke the whole pack. If you're going to go out drinking, you've got to commit to being out the whole night.
2: <laughs> uh, and thus binge drinking had a slight uptick.
1: The legalization of beer remains a cultural milestone in Iceland and major seismic shift in the nation's alcoholic beverage preference. Beer has today become the most popular alcoholic beverage of choice. Which is actually kind of surprising for them.
0: Well, I mean, good after, on you, Iceland. After don't years they, of not having, don't it. they
1: like disgusting licorice flavored alcohol? No,
0: that's the, the other the Scandinavian places. Yeah.
1: By the way, I was making all that up. If anyone thought I was being serious, no, no, no. we we did not before. Yeah. All right. not, not the licorice thing, but the the, the having to be out to four a.m. <laughs> yeah. That was just me also being the in. Jesus thing. No, no, that that's that's true. <laughs> uh,
2: that's legit. That that that's right, You...
1: You can't prove the causality. Like you can't prove it doesn't exist. You can't prove it does exist. Like it's just a
0: tide goes in, tide goes. In. You can't
1: explain that.
0: Uh, that hurts. Um,
2: Shrunk walkers do melt. Still Icelandic
1: be- beer laws.
0: Oh, it, hurts. it really actually hurts.
1: Next up. So I'm gonna cough more. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> it's just like the tickle that will not go away. So, next Thank up, you. we have uh, the Festival of Good Beer, which, fantastic name, right to the point. Yeah, right? Just, just it goes right there. Um, so, pioneers uh, the Festival of Good Beer were uh, Joanna Bos, organizer of events at the Cultural Center Castle and oh, Agnieszka. This is
2: Poland, by the way.
0: That last name there. Um, the first installation of the festival was in 2010. It lasted two days. Since 2012, the festival expanded to three days. In the years 2010-2013, festival held in areas of the castle and the Lesniki Park. Every year, barreled and bottled beer is presented by dozens of regional breweries, craft, contract, and restaurant brewpub, uh, Polish, Czech, Belgium, Germany, Ukrainian, Denmark, Norwegian, uh, Netherlands, Italy, England, Scotland, and Ireland. Wow. Uh, beer is complemented by the regional cuisine, music concerts, film screenings, exhibitions, contests, um, brewer breweryana exchange, and live beer blogging. During the festival, you can also enter the stadium. Uh, so... You know what?
2: This... I feel like the Polish know how to had a party.
0: Yeah, there's a lot involved. There's a lot of countries in there. Um just that just sounds they like more to make fun a list of everyone that tried to take over Poland. And <laughs> basically. Um but no that 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 sounds more interesting to me just cuz like so many people are involved. Um mm-hmm. different different cultures that is. Um All right. The next up of course Oktoberfest. So, uh the largest beer festival in the world held in munich germany every year it's the festival by which all others should be judged (laughs) there is drinking and eating by the truckload and typically a fairground for the kids it seems like almost everywhere has an oktoberfest or at least anywhere germans moved to and each has their own flair but it's hard to top this beer festival if you want to know more please go check out our episode on oktoberfest like I wasn't are, sure if this was
2: this part was going to go to shameless plug uh, Chris Walker or
1: uh, no no I I don't like our that was like our second episode and I don't like uh, it. you know it there needs was there was, there was
2: almost a sentence that said or not we were it was really early we weren't good then
0: but yeah uh we we probably will we'll need to revisit that episode at one point but we do have it and um yeah October 5th we'll, we'll is call kind of a it big our deal
2: special edition
0: yes um this time. Uh, this time, someone else will speak first. <laughs> uh, so the next up is the Great British Beer Festival. So uh, it is so the GBBF, not the GBGABF like ours. Uh, it's an annual beer festival organized by the Campaign for Real Ale Camera, which we've talked about before. Yep. Uh, it presents a selection. By
2: the way, sorry, but the, the 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 Campaign for Real Ale. Uh, i i the worst i name am in just the world? terrified every time i hear that I was like it just feels like it's gonna be filled with a lot of people that i would not normally be okay with politically yeah
0: yeah um so it, this presents a selection of cask ales and other alcoholic drinks from the uk and beyond the festival is also home to the champion beer of britain awards it's held in August each year. Uh, 2017 marked the 40th anniversary of GBBF. Uh, now, its sister festival, the Great British Beer Festival Winter, concentrates on beer styles such as porter and stout that's usually held in February each year. Uh, GBBF is styled as the biggest pub in the world. It offers around 900 different beverages, at least 450 of which are beers from British breweries. As well as one of, two. One of them might be water. Uh, as well as 200 foreign beers from countries including Belgium, Germany, and the USA, as well as traditional British cider and Perry. The festival is staffed by unpaid volunteers, around 1,000 of whom work at the festival. So, yeah.
2: Uh, unpaid volunteers. <laughs> the backbone of all of this. Yeah. Uh,. But that one actually I
0: sounds pretty good. I, honestly, though, the winter one sounds sounds better. To winter me. one sounds like it'd be more fun. But know, porters and sours. I, I, mean,
2: I don't know anything actually about the campaign for real ale, other than they were deciding like, hey, let's let's get some real beer back in in Britain. But that name just, for whatever reason, screams to me "Make America Great Again."
0: Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> it's, the, it's the I don't know, it's something about it. I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Maybe they're cool. Maybe they're cool guys and girls. Yeah, maybe. Um, so, finally moving to America. Um, USA. and of course... USA! 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 And, uh, funnily enough, and, you know, we... It's. I feel like at this point, it's like a sorry, not sorry on our part.
2: <laughs> I, I front-loaded this to get these out of the way.
0: Yeah, so three of these are local to us. Two I of mean, um,
2: these are local to you?
0: Well, and the third one's not that far. Um, okay. So, Bachfest, first of all, is a festival that can be seen as a love letter to Cincinnati brewing history. Bachfest was created to celebrate the launch of the Christian Moreline, uh New Bach beer in 1992. Apparently, the launch um, and the beer were successful because people pulled together to repeat the party the next year, and the year after that, and so on. It has it's um, had some ups and downs, but the festival continues. To go on strong,
1: Bachfest in Cincinnati is the largest Bachfest in the world. Mm-hmm. It is something to behold. It is you don't see anyone else getting this pumped up for Bach beer.
0: Yeah, it's weird. All the but, like, the, there's goats. There's goats everywhere.
1: Goats everywhere monks,
0: um, it, but it's it's the where it's held though. It's very like it, it's stupid cold um, during it, it, the time it, it, it's it's held, and then. Oh my gosh! The, the The people. It was so many people. There is a lot
2: I find interesting about Bachfest. When I was reading through its history, one of them being that it was Hudapol that went, "Hey, what if we create a a craft beer division? Essentially, like, well, let's make Christian Morline, and then they made a Bach beer. They're like, hey, let's just let's just throw a rager. It'll be great.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and it was,
2: go. and it was, uh. Also, uh, what was the other weird thing about this one? Uh, one, the goats. There's a lot of goats. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's interesting how much they were just like all about Cincinnati brewing history, I guess, is this. Because Christian Morline used to be the largest brewer in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. in, I think in Ohio,
1: they were, prior to Prohibition they were one of the first companies I think in the country to bottle beer and to pasteurize I know they were one of the first to pasteurize in the country hmm. because so. they had a strong following in South America it like one of their biggest was one of the original big markets for Christian Warline
2: this is basically though Dark Lord Day if Dark Lord Day kept being amazing for you know decades
0: <laughs> yeah I, I, is it as This big was a made to celebrate one beer. Yeah. yeah, the one style of beer. Like, not even it's
1: not a release not one every year. I one mean, they beer,
0: do
1: they do beer release that Christian
2: it. Moorline released.
1: Yeah, they do release that beer still, or a version of it. I think we all go for the Toppelbach now,
0: mm, but yeah.
1: it's not like everyone's showing up there to get bottles of that beer.
0: No, they just show up to show up. <laughs> I'm just saying that that
2: perhaps some of these these other ones that we have maligned may one day grow past their their simple origins to be yeah Possible. inspired greater things. Well, got to start somewhere.
0: Speaking of which, <laughs> uh, Oktoberfest Cincinnati. So, as we've discussed, we of course not only have covered Oktoberfest, but also specifically Cincinnati, and we even did a live stream at last year's event. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a thing for us. Um, uh, so this is America's Oktoberfest. We may have been beaten the, uh, we may have beaten the drum of this celebration so much that it's more like a dead horse now, but it's a festival near and dear to all of our hearts. Cincinnati, uh, being the sister city to Munich does give it more German cred than other celebrations. Uh, but all we know, um, but we all know that we go to watch those majestic wiener dogs run. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> only, only the it first is- like two, two like rounds or whatever, though, because like, they go on way too long. I spares yeah, never seen s- such
1: a majestic creature. <laughs> uh,
0: the,
2: like, I mean, October Fifth, Cincinnati has become uh, like among our friends, our high holy days. We make sure we have time off. Mm-hmm. We move heaven and earth to get up there in time.
0: You save money because so- you know you're going to buy an obscene amount of food. I'm going to
2: buy hats you're going to buy you're going to get diabetes from one deep fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich mm.
0: did it even get to have last year
1: i didn't see them last year no
2: i saw them i made a choice mm. not to get them because <laughs> because there were too many diabetics in the group already
1: <laughs> i was too busy watching the literal truckload of uh, chickens on spits turning oh uh, like, mm. yeah
0: that looked good too
2: all right. Last year was my favorite one, though, when I got free
1: beer.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good
2: point. When they were like, oh, we don't know how to fix this. Oh, yeah, and you tap their keg for them. I'll teach the boy. <laughs> here, you'll get free beer. I'll do this for
0: you every time if you want. <laughs> Just call me. I'll be here.
2: Um, I'll be there.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, uh, next up, kind of a, a big one also that we've talked about, which, of course... Is actually around the same time as Oktoberfest Cincinnati. <laughs> kept Casey from us many a year now. Yeah. Uh, the Great American Beer Festival, GABF, the three-day annual event hosted by the Brewers Association, held in Denver, Colorado. Um, GABF brings visitors from around the world to sample thousands of different American craft beers. Hundreds of judges from the U.S. and abroad evaluate beer in the associated competition – ultimately judging several thousand beers entered by hundreds of brewers, gold, silver, and bronze medals in 161 beer style categories as of 2017 are awarded, though not every medal is necessarily awarded in each category. 2017 saw its biggest ever panel of judges with 276 beer experts representing 13 different nations. Founded in 1982, the GABF was started by Charlie Papazian in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, original GABF had 22 participating breweries, so they've expanded a little bit since then. Just a bit. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then finally, this is the third one that I was saying, like, it's not really that far from us in reality.
2: We could theoretically go to this. Yeah. If
1: we bought the $200 tickets the months in advance. Oh, yeah. no, And and we hadn't been recording today when it's happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So, Dark Lord Day. So, this is from Three Floyds Brewing in Munster, Indiana. They hold this immense celebration, one of its most highly sought-after brews, Dark Lord, every year. This year's festivities will occur on May 19th. Um, So tomorrow, Uh, a week after the 2017 rendition of this event, um, featuring a rotating lineup of metal bands and extremely limited release variants of the um, eponymous uh, Dark Lord, which is a 15% ABV Imperial Stout brewed with Mexican coffee, Indian sugar, and vanilla. Um, This beer fest is one that has craft beer geeks salivating for months in advance. Happening right now as of this recording.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's... Everyone goes on about the ticket prices, but it actually is like an amazing deal. So $200 gets you food vouchers. It gets you uh, draft beer vouchers. It gets you a four-pack of bombers, of 750-milliliter bombers of Dark Lord... And then it also gets you, I think, two random variants, because they, after the years past, they it would be whoever was in the front of the line got to pick what variants they wanted, and that like turned people getting into line into a real mess because people were showing up weeks in advance to guarantee they were in the front of the line and could get the variant they wanted, so they just made it they, random. They just. People just reach into a pile of bottles, and you get what they give you.
2: I feel like Dark Lord Day, much like Oktoberfest, is the way most beer festivals should be judged. Dark Lord Day is the the way you typically should judge your your special beer release. If you have to get it this hyped up, if it gets this hyped up, you're doing something right.
1: Yeah, but you may mean, be making you may be making soy sauce right away. I but. was gonna say they don't recommend you drink it fresh. They recommend you age it four to five years. And I gotta mm-hmm. say, after having some verticals I agree, yeah. give it at least three years. Anything before three years and you're just wasting it.
2: You're you're doing yourself a disservice.
1: Yeah, because it's just soy sauce. Uh all right. Uh, yeah, that's, there's plenty of other festivals. I mean, you've got Hunapaste down in down Cigar City, which is another yeah. gigantic festival. And I'm sure uh, that
0: other people have their local stuff too. Yeah. You yeah. have the festival
1: a, by Shelton Brothers, which is always in a different location. Like it's touring around, but they're like one of the biggest distributors and yeah, they they'll that's one of the most amazing festivals. It was in Louisville the first year we did this show. And we didn't know about it. Casey knew about it and didn't bother to tell us.
2: Well, you know, there are limits to what we can know about.
1: Yeah. But we couldn't have gone anyway because that's expensive tickets to go to Mm. the festival. Yeah.
0: Indeed. All right.
2: But, yeah, no, there were a lot of them on here. My easiest way of sorting them, I swear to God, was I I went to Wikipedia. If they had a page, I then researched it further and gave them a quick little summary because uh, holy crap there's a lot <laughs> uh, and then after that i still had to cut like at least a third of the ones i initially picked out because hmm.
1: it tends to happen
2: yeah there there are so many and you know, maybe maybe we'll talk more about this
1: sometime later.
2: Maybe yeah, we'll do a follow-up with ones we didn't talk about this time. Part two in the future.
1: Alright. Well, I think that's wrapping that up. But before we move on into what we're drinking, I believe we have some feedback.
3: We got one
1: <laughs> Woo! Yeah, we're hearing from Brian from Denver, uh, again, uh, with a correction, which we're always willing, if, you, if you're like, no, you guys pronounced that wrong, or that's bad information, I don't know where you got it. Again, our sources are sometimes sketchy. That's... We get the information from where we can get it. Sometimes it's just a guy out in the alley who's willing to do things in exchange for money. Uh, but Brian wrote in said, hi all, I was listening to your chat during the Canarchy show and wanted to offer a correction slash clarification. Since he was raised in L.A., uh, he was confused about that city name when he moved to Denver. In L.A., the city of Inglewood, with an I, is the area that Tupac and everyone raps about. All of us from the '90s are very, very much in with Inglewood, and isn't that uh, in Pulp Fiction? I think so. Is, I that am- might
2: be where they. I think that's where they start out Pulp Fiction.
1: Yeah, uh, in Colorado. Uh, how do we say it? Englewood. Englewood. Is, yeah, Englewood. Englewood, with Engelmines. an E, <laughs> is a suburb close to downtown Denver, and nobody raps about that one. Hope that we know helps. of. So, I hope this helps. Uh, P.S. Um, Best wishes to all, and come back soon. Well, we're 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 back.
0: Oh, it did say okay. That's my fault. Uh, it did say come back soon. I did not realize that. Guess we, who's
1: back? Shady's back, back again. again. I was going to say that's that's no. There are people rapping an- about an- the neighborhood tell a friend there there are people rapping about the neighborhood in outside of denver and it's just like middle school aged white boys
2: i'm in middle school again (laughs) oh no those are the worst years right
1: all right yeah thanks thanks brian it's good to hear from you uh nice to know things are going good and uh, again we're back and thanks for the clarification sometimes uh oftentimes our tongues don't keep up with brains and we don't really get words out correctly.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. All right, but having said that, let's get into what we're drinking.
3: Drink with
1: me, friend. Which kind of makes it harder to read a script when you've been drinking for like three hours. A little bit.
0: Um, <clears throat> Guys, I've gone through a whole bomber. I could have probably done that. Um, I had... <clears throat> So, it's a a local beer from um, Listerman Brewing, and it's one of their, So they kind of have like a series of beers called Cranium, and Mm. this is one of the many variants to that series. That was the base. Oh, is it the base? Okay. Um, Shows how much I know about it. Uh, What was the flavor again?
1: Coffee and vanilla.
0: Coffee and vanilla. Uh, Barrel-aged, obviously. Um,
1: Stout, clearly.
0: It's good. That face does not say good.
1: It's it's um So that beer had been through some stuff. Uh, yeah. just to say the move out was a How
2: how m- many how many tours in the, in the nang did that beer do?
1: A, a few. It was uh Yeah. It hung out in a cellar for a while and then when we were moving no one claimed it and I said forget it I'll drink it. I never got around to drinking it. And then it got just sat in a living room for a while and it was thrown into a box and thrown into someone's pickup truck and then like yeah. jiggled around and tossed everywhere. This beer was shaken up and warmed up and it was not in good shape. It
0: um it smelled a lot sweeter than it was, oddly enough. Like, you know, that, that barrel age sweetness that is. Um, but it it was otherwise a really good beer. It's also hard for me to judge right now just because I'm like sick. And um my throat is, you know, not okay. <laughs> so it's probably uh negatively impacting um whatever I'm drinking. But uh as far as I could tell, <laughs> it was a good beer and not overly um barrel aged sweet, which uh I'm you know less and less a fan of these days.
2: Mm. Well, Sorry, it was not quite up to, to what you were hoping for, but <laughs> it it had lived a weird life, so perhaps other versions are better.
1: It's a yeah. fantastic beer. That's Usually, okay. they always do a chocolate orange. They, for years now, they've done a chocolate orange flavor since before that became a huge thing, and it's mm-hmm. astounding. I think I have had I
0: say that. Say
2: chocolate orange, and all I can think of are those weird... Chocolate candy things that you oh, yeah. like hit, and then like they become slices, and you just
0: those are
1: delicious. Okay,
2: well, I was drinking a stout today too. It's a Russian Imperial Stout.
1: And so yours is based on uh, folklore.
2: Mine is based on folklore. It was Baba Yaga from Ethereal Brewing. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I, I I've I've bound to have and drank some. Ethereal beer on the show before, probably. I think so. Uh, Maybe, but awesome. Ethereal is, uh, you know, a brewery that it's it's my favorite brewery in Lexington.
0: Oh yeah, that I makes get, sense.
2: There's not a whole lot of options there. I was get here to say that, that statement. That said, that does not that statement does not reflect how good Baba Yaga is because Baba Yaga
1: is great.
2: It's Tony to the Tiger. High on cocaine, great.
1: I think we had decided the variant uh, that we cracked open at uh, Drinktacular was, when we did the bottle share, was the drink of the night. <sighs> Might
2: have been. it. Uh, which one was that one? That was the... Coconut? Coco- uh, no, it was the, the uh, chocolate with sea salt.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah.
2: This is just the base. I'm just having the base tonight. And the base is still amazing. It's, it's everything I ever want Russian Imperial Stouts to be. Mm. I want to be good with subtle, earthy flavors. Not like I'm drinking dirt. It is kind of sweet, but it's also tasty. Uh, it's it's uh it's great. Uh, it's uh, 13% ABV. Uh, has a Beer Advocate score of 4.58 out of five. Nice, uh, not bad. I know it's difficult to get your hands on because you have to be in Kentucky to get it, specifically Lexington.
1: You got zero distribution on that and
3: But
2: it is uh, they do have release days for it now where they have because they do it in winter they have bottle shares inside of a heated tent
0: Nice Mm, Smart
2: I'm like good job guys Good job So everyone can go inside and share their bottles in private I want to be
0: like, that's what everybody should do, but that's what Braxton does for Dark Charge Day.
1: Oh, they have a, they have a thing now? No, it, it's still a line share.
0: Oh, the line... That's true. The there line's were, not in heated tents. The event is in heated tents.
1: I say there were tents because it was raining on us last time, and that's right, the right. people in line weren't going to just stand in the rain. Right. All what right. about you, Chris? I'm also having a Lexington Brewery beer. Uh, I'm having a Coffee Barrel Cream Ale from Kentucky Ale or Alltech.
2: So good. I, I claimed one of those as my moving price when I was up there helping you the last time.
1: They're delicious. Oh uh, it's real light. 5.5% ABV. Couldn't find IBUs list anywhere. Uh, it doesn't have a score anywhere because it's been out for like a month, if that. It, yeah. It's really good. It tastes like I don't know, like a cappuccino.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going with. I
1: think if it, that's
2: what cappuccino's taste like and they didn't have caffeine, I'd be in.
1: Yeah, it's amazing or a latte or just a you know, slightly flavored milked coffee beverage because the cream ale just lends so well to that. And I love that this thing, this trend has come about and because I was asking for it before to take lighter beer styles with you know, where another flavor will stand out very prominently. And pump it full of coffee.
2: It'll stand oh. out among the crowd.
1: It will, even and if it,
2: you got a shout out loud.
1: It does. It shouts out very loud, and it's very delicious. And you could drink a whole case of it. It's great. Oh
0: yeah, that we got a six pack of that stuff, and it was uh, like not enough. <laughs> definitely not
2: enough. <laughs> Admittedly, I was in your ap- your new apartment stealing it, so there is that. But
0: well, and we'd given one or two to um, my sister and brother-in-law when we were staying with them. So we're like, well, here's, you know, a couple
2: of beers. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to joke with it. Give one or two to your nephews. Say your nephews. (laughs) I would laugh so
1: hard. Give them the nephews, you know. (laughs) I would have, but I'm a bad influence.
0: (laughs) Say, uh not so so much on our end. All right.
1: Well, uh, I think that's going to do it. Yeah.
0: Uh So, uh
2: Fun episode, guys, but uh, if you have some – if you want to know a little bit more about it, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media and on twitch.tv. You can also tell us your favorite drink or ask a question. Just leave some general feedback like Brian. Be like Brian. He lets us know if something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, if you like something. We we appreciate all kinds of
1: feedback. Uh, Except amplifier feedback. That, that hurts. Wow. Audio feedback it just
2: is, hurts. It, it is. It, it will trigger PTSD in me if I hear <laughs> audio feedback. I will, I will stare off into the distance and just start screaming. <laughs> anyway, give us non-audio feedback. <laughs> non-audio recording feedback. If you want to send us like a voicemail or something, whatever. <laughs> I don't care.
0: This is getting better and better.
2: But you can do it at feedback at com. You can also use the feedback page on the website.
1: All joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly and close those audio loops. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: Drink responsibly. I'm locked in my house right now. I am no. I'm in no danger to anyone. I'm just sitting here drinking alone with you. Wait.
0: <laughs> All right. On that note, so you can check us out again next week for our next live episode. And remember to check out patreon.com slash have a drink show. Once again,
1: I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time.
3: Bye. 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 Bye.